movie marks. Well, here we are. We've done WWE films in the past. The Marine, Inside Out, Main Event. But today, in perfect harmony with the Halloween season, we go where it all began, with the original WWE Films release. We explore what happens when you make a Kane origin story and just never call him Kane. <laughs> we're the movie marks, and today we're grappling with See No Evil, starring the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> Kane. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Kenny Omega to my Kota Ibushi, Chris Kramer. Wow. I, I, you barely even know that reference, and you're making it. Well, there, there's a very specific reason I'm making that reference. There's actually a few, uh, the first of which, obviously, is because Kota Ibushi, Movie Marks alum. That's <laughs> true. And the, the second of which ties into our uh, listener feedback for this week. So, Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. So we, uh, we received some correspondence from Sam from North Carolina. <laughs> uh, and, and what Sam gave us, it's actually a, a question this time wrapped in a comment. So since we don't have a name for this segment yet, I'm going to rename this week's listener feedback question mark. <laughs> Uh, so Sam wrote in to say, uh, this is about uh, River of Darkness, which we did a while ago starring uh, Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. He wrote in to say that that sounds like a terrible movie and that he's glad we watched it so he didn't have to. And his question is, are we ever going to do a good movie? <laughs> is this, movie this, this question might have been secretly sent in by my father because that is what he asks me every week I tell him what movie we're watching. <laughs> well, I mean, the truth is we... We started by saying, yeah, sure. I mean, even our, our logo, it has some, some good movies on there. So I think maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I kind of liked uh, Kaiju Mono. So I don't know. Does that count as a good movie? It counts as a movie, technically. <laughs> I think you once told me off air that this show runs on hatred. So that really, we, we can't really do a good movie and sort of follow with that theme. Yeah, I know. It, we need to be mad about something. <laughs> and especially with this podcast, it is... The things, we're not going to spoil it for you, the listener, but the movies we have come across that will be parts of future episodes are some of the craziest things you've ever heard of. Well, that's uh, that's all I got for right now. So why don't you tell us uh, what, what happened to Kane as a young boy in See No Evil? Oh, we're going to go over that, and some of it's pretty disturbing. Yeah, some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are discussing the 2006 movie See No Evil. It stars Kane and nobody else, basically. Yeah, well, no. No, there is one person we're going to talk about. Okay. I'll save it for now, though. This film is directed by Gregory Dark, a.k.a. Alexander Hippolyte, a.k.a. Gregory Hippolyte, a.k.a. the Steven Spielberg of softcore, a.k.a. the Martin Scorsese of the erotic thriller, as he is referred to in his Wikipedia page. Wait. No, no way. Those are all real. Those are all real and available in his bio. <laughs> so he wrote his own Wikipedia. Oh, uh, well, 
Let me just give you a little bit more background. He is credited <laughs> with starting the alt porn genre. What is well, we're going to, who knows? We'll f- you know what? That's why my next line here is we need to be starting the Greg Dark Retrospective Podcast. <laughs> I don't want to out myself as a nerd for not knowing what alt porn is, but. <laughs> uh, we will be covering movies on that podcast that he's done, like White Bum Busters, Between, <laughs> between the Cheeks 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> And his crowning epic, New Wave Hookers 1 through 4. <laughs> oh, that, that one that one got a quadrilogy. That wasn't even a trilogy. Yeah, that one. It's his Lord of the Rings, that yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, and, of course, he made See No Evil, starring Kane for mm-hmm. WWE Films. Right. The only movie that matters. <laughs> so... This movie starts off, and the first thing I notice is that it's 84 minutes, and I was super excited. Yeah, I mean, that's never good when you <laughs> when you get pumped up for how short a movie is. Yeah. If you can't break 90, respect. <laughs> uh, the credits go by. It's in an awful font. Kane is just billed as Kane in all capitals. Yep. Most of these people are not real people. They're working for meal vouchers on this movie. <laughs> And we start with two cops that I guess are doing a wellness check at this house. It looks like a random house in, like, a California suburb. It's wild, too, because the outside of this house looks nothing like the inside when they go to open the front door. Oh, Somehow no. this this suburban, like, run-of-the-mill prefab house all of a sudden turns into the Texas Chainsaw House once you go inside. <laughs> uh, you hear some uh, religious music playing. Um, I think it was Go Tell It on the Mountain, possibly. Uh, so this movie loosely ties into our episode on Gavin Stone. This is our <laughs> second most religious movie we've done. Well, didn't we do another one where there was... Um... Oh, now I'm blank. I'm usually the one who remembers the movies. Wasn't there one where... Oh, River of Darkness was vaguely religious, Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, there there was the... she the Mary was in the church. You know, she could see the future. Sid yep. was uh, an avenging demon of some kind. Yeah, Mary never left the church. She just lived there the entire thing after breaking in. Yeah, go back listen to that episode. <laughs> like, uh, what, was, what was it? Uh, Sam from North Carolina. <laughs> I got to do it twice. See, we just tied it all together. <laughs> and you can't do that another time because you're going to lose your voice completely. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. You're not going to be hearing from me the rest of the show. <laughs> all right. So the cops get there. There's some screaming from coming inside the house. They go inside. The walls are covered in blood and crosses and pictures of you know, like the Virgin Mary and things. <laughs> Just like your living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but all the crosses are upside down. <laughs> Spooky. <Ooh>. So... <laughs> The cops get in the house. They find a woman in a room. Uh, she is screaming, and she is covering her face. We can't see her face. Uh, she shows it to one of the officers who reacts very horrified. So even if you've no idea what this movie is about and you know the title of it, you should have the problem-solving skills to know what they're looking at. <laughs> and immediately, Kane just appears, acts as a cop, like, straight in half. Axes the other cop's arm off, but gets shot right in the head. (laughs) Correct. So Kane takes a shot to the head, and there's a great shot of this cop's arm laying on the ground holding a flashlight still twitching. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. It looks like like a ham shank you would get in a a meat store. It looks (laughs) absurd. The violence in this movie is that this time period horror movie, like extreme violence, but on a really low budget 
way below like those Platinum Dunes movies from back then. Yeah, it's it's really not that gory to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going through stuff. The goriest things are when he starts, you know, plucking eyeballs. Spoilers, sorry. Mm. Well, we might as well just give up on this episode now. <laughs> so, cops lost his arm. Kane's been shot in the head. They show the girl that was covering her face, and her eyes are both missing. For some reason, the makeup team decided to do this by putting a mask on her that doesn't even look like a human face whatsoever. Yeah. It was real bizarre looking. Yes. But the camera then zooms directly into her gaping eye socket and into her brain. (laughs) That was so weird. (laughs) I am giving Gregory Dark some credit because he does some interesting things in this movie. Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. There's there's a lot of like weird stutter cuts and like flashing lights. It's real weird. <laughs> the police have now secured the area. Um I guess Kane disappeared. I really was lost at this point. Yeah, cuz he got shot. I mean, they Kane got shot through like a screen kind of like they're like a uh, curtains you would get at a like an industrial refrigerator to keep cold air in. So you never really see Kane but he gets shot through it, and then, he, like you said, he just vanishes. No one talks about him. The The media is there. We find out there's multiple bodies hidden in this property. The uh, officer that had his arm cut off survived. He's the only survivor. Did you see when they were wheeling him out on the gurney? So, so they have this guy whose arm has just been cut off, and he's on a gurney, and he's on life support and everything, and they're wheeling him out, and they put his uh, – cut off arm in a Ziploc bag and they just draped it over his legs as they were wheeling him out. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's not how that works. No, it's so funny. Like, the poor guy is, like, in shock and he has to look down and see his arm. <laughs> He's in shock and there's some EMT just, like, out loud saying, yellow and blue make green seal. Uh, like you think they would like at least put it in a cooler somewhere else nope it's draped over his kneecaps no, they, they looked at it and they were like this ain't going back on just toss it on there see if he wants it or something <laughs> now we get a four year jump ahead that this movie did not need really but it's there yeah we uh, now find our officer he is no longer an officer he is a prison guard he has a prosthetic now um, I'm sure this man is the hero of our film, right, Chris? Like, the story we've set up so far? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is This is the only reason to follow this character across four years. Yeah, yeah. So this guy will be uh, most likely uh, being the hero, stopping Kane at the end of this movie. Also, just so everybody knows, I keep calling him Kane. His name is Jacob Goodnight in this movie, but it's never mentioned once in this movie. Nope, I, I asked that later. It's He's billed that way in the credits... But he is never named as anything. So so, so I'll call him Kane because, frankly, he's just Kane in this movie. Yes. So I, I, have, a, I have a question. Uh, I have a comment and a question. The comment is that Vince McMahon is billed as the executive producer, which is both fabulous and <laughs> clearly he had no idea what he was executive producing. And my question is, is this cop, the uh, one-armed cop guy, is he a prison guard now, or is he in some kind of, like, uh, youth diversion program or something? I was confused about that. Oh, yeah, I, I will bring that up. I have no idea what happens with this upcoming, like, convict slash delinquent kids slash 18 to 40-year-olds. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I, 
Because it just, like you said, a four-year jump, he wakes up in bed, and then he goes to what looks like a prison, but he's only there with characters who are supposed to be juveniles. So I didn't understand any of this stuff. It's like a maximum security prison. It's just barbed wire and fences everywhere. Right. And these are teenagers, and all the offenses they give them are very minor, so I don't know. Yeah. We actually get, like, there's about eight of these kids... And we get, like, a Suicide Squad style, like, (laughs) here's their name and what they're in jail for. Yeah. But none of it is interesting. It's all like, here's Mike. He has, he's been on jail for possession. Yeah, like, one is shoplifting. Like, really? She's in, in, uh, you know, uh, she's on death row for shoplifting. Richie, computer fraud. Yeah, right. Yeah, he would never even be with these other, he would be in a blue collar uh, (laughs) juvenile prison. One of the so there there are a few of these actors who have done like minor stuff. The only person that I recognize from this movie is the shoplifting girl, uh, Rachel Taylor. She's she was in Transformers the movie, and she was one of the main characters on Jessica Jones. So she's the only actress I know in this movie. I I I I had I was under the assumption that none of these were people, but then you would tell me that they were on like season four of Babylon Five or something. <laughs> no, she's actually a uh, like a a moderate thing. She played Hellcat in the in the in. Oh, that Jessica was her. Jones. Yeah. Um, wow. The the other thing is Gregory Dark Australian. Um, I did not see any mention of his thing. I was too busy looking at uh, different things with butt cheeks in the title. <laughs> that's, so. that's that's on brand for you. Um, so this movie was made in Australia, and the entire cast is Australian, but they all present as Americans. It's really weird. Yeah, they're not good at these accents. No, I mean, the, the Rachel Taylor's Australian. All the other actors are Australian, except Kane. It's it's pretty pretty <laughs> weird, and I don't know why they didn't just make it in Australia, but sure. Because Kane couldn't do an Australian accent. It doesn't work both ways. <laughs> Kramer, shut up. He has one line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> like, that had to be in Australian. <laughs> So we meet four four <laughs> boys from this teenage youth center and four <laughs> girls from the other one and they're going on a co-ed field trip. This seems like the worst idea ever. I don't understand any of this stuff. Are they in prison? Is this a breakfast club situation? I don't know what is happening. I, I'm not going to mention any of their character names till later on because it's all just confusing meeting all these characters right now. Yes. But they do set up one as almost the good girl that kind of went bad. Yep. That you think might be something. Well, they're okay. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter. But th- there's actually ones one they set up that way, and then another one's crime is actually like a good crime. She was she's basically an animal rights activist. So you think like, right. oh, the, these are the two not terrible people. But spoilers, all of that is thrown out the window very quickly. <laughs> Yep, right out the window. Yeah. Uh, so Frank, our one-armed officer, is part of the chaperones for this crew, as well as this other woman. Her name is Hannah. She's a female administrator, I guess, for the the women's part of the prison. Yeah, I, I, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I even tried to understand any of this. <laughs> Frankly, almost everyone on this bus exists just so Kane can stack a body count coming up. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they started from a number of dead people they wanted and then filled the bus with that number. That's it. <laughs> that makes more sense than the actual how they put this crew together. Because this movie actually at one point is like, why are these people here? Yeah. 
and many of my notes, once we get to the why they're at this place, <laughs> involve that very question. So we get on this bus. There's already kids fighting on the bus. Like, this would have been turned around immediately. <laughs> they didn't even get out of the fucking jail yet, and these kids are throwing fists at each other. <laughs> we arrive at the Blackwell Hotel, which is both the worst-looking CGI building I've ever seen in oh my, my life God, and made terrible. of cardboard, maybe. It's terrible. They, they tr- The backstory of this hotel is that there was a fire or something. And the, they try and put, like, fire effects on the top so, like, the windows are all blacked out. And it looks so bad. It looks like someone did it on Microsoft Paint. Like, just scrub some black along the rectangles. It's terrible. <laughs> so we get there and we meet Margaret, who is the owner of this hotel slash the person that wants to convert this hotel into a homeless outreach center, I guess. If you've ever seen a horror movie, this is a spoiler, not spoiler. But Margaret's going to be a problem at some point. You just know that the minute you meet her. And not only is she going to be a problem, how come? I mean, I raised my hand as soon as she explained what this hotel was and and asked to no one because I was alone. What the fuck are these people doing there? <laughs> it's an enormous building. She wants to turn it into a homeless center. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like it's like 40 stories tall. And why are these eight teenagers there to help? It None of it, <laughs> red flags all over the place. Yep. Not just like it's eight teenagers that we are told have three days to clean up this 40-story hotel. And the minute they walk in the door, you can tell that instead of cleaning this hotel, it should just be bulldozed. There's 100%. like... It, <laughs> it, it looks like people have been using it as the, the county dump for 20 years. It's re- disgusting. Yep. It it looks like the hollow the, the Tower of Terror in Disney. <laughs> they go in the front door. <laughs> yeah, it does. So it's another building that the outside and inside don't match whatsoever. <laughs> uh Tower of Terror, underrated movie starring Steve Gutenberg, by the way. Oh, I I love that. Young uh Kristen Kristen Stewart? No. No, Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh. I'm going to get in trouble for that. That's going to be our mean emails that I got that wrong, probably. <laughs> also, during this scene, Margaret is just showing, throwing out all that useless uh, information you need so that the movie makes more sense later on, like <laughs> saying that there's secret hallways and two-way mirrors throughout the hotel. <laughs> what kind of fucking hotel was this that had secret hallways? You know what she... No, stop yep. talking. You know what she says? <laughs> during this nonsense she she's not the whatever whoever who cares the owners are people and she says that the reason she's able going to convert it is because this hotel was run more as a, a as a hobby than a business what the fuck are you talking about who runs a hotel as a hobby other than a serial killer what are you talking about that that's just like secret speak that this hotel was only for like Eyes wide shut level orgies. <laughs> That's the only thing that would explain these hallways and these one way mirror, two way mirrors. I mean, you know who runs a, a hotel as a hobby? Norman Bates. That's who runs. A, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And the cop, the cop people are just standing there like, "Oh, that's very interesting. Go ahead, kids. We're gonna lock you in here for a couple days." Yeah, yeah. We should have been all worried when Margaret said the how the hotel has to stay locked while we're here. Well, that doesn't sound good. This place looks like it's going to go up in flames at any minute. 
and this is once again one of my notes about how this is an awful idea because now you just got eight assorted convict kids. We learned that two of them have history together, a violent history, in yeah. fact, between yeah. Michael and Kyra or Kira. I don't know. I did not retain any of their names. <laughs> like, he has abused her. Like, they ran drugs together. He's very, he's like the worst one out of all these people. I sure hope he dies during this movie. Yeah, no. I mean, well, the odds are in your favor there, so. It has to be. He's the worst one. He's abusing women. He's shitty to everyone. He has to die. Yeah, no, no. I I, I think, don't worry. Don't worry. He will. <laughs> Also, these kids are just going to get away. Like, this is a giant building. These kids are running away from... They're breaking out of this prison. Whatever's happening. Because this is the worst idea ever, right? Yes. Wait, wait. Wait, do you mean the, the, the internal idea of the movie or us watching it? Because the answer to both is yes. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, Russian stacking dolls of just <laughs> regret. <laughs> so, we immediately start cleaning, I guess. They just start handing out mops. <laughs> So stupid. (laughs) Uh, During these, like, little bit of a cleaning montage, you got Michael cleaning the bathroom. People are cleaning up. You see that someone is watching through holes in the wall. Um, They're very large holes, so I don't know how no one's ever not seeing somebody (laughs) looking through these holes. You see, like, 25% of Kane's face every time he's peeking through one of these holes. (laughs) Why? Uh, Michael goes to clean the bathroom, which, I mean... Again, you send this kid in there with a mop. This bathroom <laughs> looks a like a dry mop. It doesn't even they don't even give him a bucket of water. I mean, it's just awful. But anyway, he hears someone walking above him, like on the floor above or whatever, and he rips a pipe off and then starts hitting the ceiling with it to get them to be quiet. First of all, why does he need quiet when he's cleaning a toilet? Second of all, why is he swinging the fucking pipe at the ceiling? <laughs> And, and he proceeds to carry this pipe around for a lot of his part in this movie. Um, by a lot of his part, you mean the rest of the movie. <laughs> he has this pipe becomes his fucking sidekick. <laughs> it's like it's like finding the crowbar at the start of Half Life. This is just his <laughs> default weapon for the rest of the movie. I mean, he painted a face on it like the volleyball and Castaway. <laughs> uh. In another room, we have Ty and Richie, and they are discussing how the hidden passages in this hotel are real. Somewhere in them is a safe full of money that the hotel owner was hiding. Yep. And also, Richie has the blueprints to this hotel. Yep. How did he he get those? (laughs) How the Uh, fuck did this random kid get the hotel blueprints? Yeah, Richie, uh, Richie, the, well... Okay, they don't explain it, but it just occurred to me. Isn't he the computer hacker? Um, Yeah, but I shouldn't have to be doing that work for yeah, this movie. It never says it, yeah, so, but that's probably what it is. I will say that um, this movie is, is completely, is very uninteresting, but the only sort of like nugget of interesting stuff was this side mission that these two guys, the, the start of it. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. They're going to go on a treasure hunt. That's different, at least. <laughs> We get a little bit of Goonies in our in our horror movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's whatever. Uh, we also make uh, Christine. She is friends with Kira. Um, she is, I guess, the nicest one out of these people we're going with. Yeah, she's the one who uh, sort of protected her family against an abusive father. Yeah. And it got her into jail or something. Here we have a scene where she actually mentions to our guard, Frank, with his, you know, the one-armed guard from earlier, that... She has no idea how Kira and Michael are on this trip together because of their history. And 
Frank, no idea this was ever a thing. It's insane. Yeah. This is in the files of both these people. Yeah, they got arrested together. The uh, During that scene, she is in... So, so the kids are just... All of these scenes are in different locations, so they're just wandering around this hotel cleaning random nonsense, basically. They have no direction. This scene takes place in, like, a basement kitchen area, and <laughs> and it's a mess. There's just stuff everywhere. It's disgusting. And she's, he's talking to her, and she's at the sink, and the only thing she's doing is washing a paintbrush for the whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> so she's washing this 30-year-old paintbrush. Like, that's not what you do with paintbrushes. You just throw it out. <laughs> so that... <laughs> All of this movie's, like, this part is just setting up these characters, and none of it matters because most of them are going to die anyway. But also, during this time, because it's Gregory Dark, we get Kira in a shower scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a roundabout way, it makes sense, but it's, obviously, it's also stupid. Yeah, we, we see that she has a lot of religious tattoos. This kind of plays into this down the road yeah. for whatever reason. Again, Kane is looking through a hole in the wall with basically his head all the way out of it. At this, You can just see his entire face. Yeah, you know what bothered me about, about this shower scene was that she's in the shower and she, did, she, doesn't, she doesn't have the curtain closed. So she's just in a shower just with the water splashing everywhere. So you know there's going to be a leak. That's what bothered me. <laughs> well, she's just going to use the mop anyway to clean up this area. It's part of the job. She's she's working smart. <sighs> this movie is so much not going on here. <laughs> Michael comes in to hassle Kira in the shower to establish that he's a piece of shit that'll die. Yeah. Gets scared off by Christine. The same time this is going on, Ty and Richie are off having their little treasure adventure. There's so much going on in this movie, you forget what characters are doing because there's just these long breaks where we don't even see these people. Yeah, it's also mind-numbingly boring you just went through literally 25 minutes of screen time that you didn't explain because it's all so boring oh this one is sad the, 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 oh this guard's kind of nice and then he's not nice it's just it's so repetitive and irrelevant like they're just like you said this movie's 84 minutes they're just stalling until they get to the chaos because they only have about 35 minutes of chaos we have this scene where they're all in the courtyard eating. We establish here that Michael, the shittiest guy, Russell, who's, <laughs> I guess, just a drug dealer. I don't know. He's barely a character other than th that he is just here to hook up with Melissa, who was the animal rights <laughs> activist. You're, you're naming all these people, and I, I'm serious. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then there's also Zoe. I didn't mention Zoe yet. The kleptomaniac girl that just is like your standard bitchy girl in a movie who just hates everyone thinks she's better than everyone <laughs> so those four have decided to pair off and to go up to the penthouse as they were told not to go to for some good old-fashioned teen horror movie sex fun <laughs> so this movie's happening also during this time hannah and frank our two chaperones are getting drunk at the hotel bar they should not be in charge of this group either why is the hotel bar stocked where did this alcohol come from <laughs> So now we've entered the reason why everyone has been separated in this movie. Ty and Richie are off. They're trying to find this treasure. They find a body, and the man has no eyes. Oh! <laughs> and Richie loses his shit immediately and runs off. Yep. With the map. <laughs> With the map, the blueprints that he had <laughs> for the ancient hotel. So we're about a half hour plus into this movie, and finally, Kane has re-entered this movie. 
and throws a hook right through Richie's leg and drags him through a hallway. The hook thing's kind of fun. Um, well, I it is kind of fun. I have some thoughts, though. First of all, Kane is now Scorpion because <laughs> it's a hook on a chain. So he just throws it and then drags people to him. But my, my larger question is, in the first scene, he was using an axe as his primary weapon. And now he's got this weird chain hook thing. So I f- feel like Kane needs to stick to a gimmick. Yeah. You know, uh, is he the chain hook guy or is he the axe guy? You got to be a chain guy. I would be a chain guy. It's much cooler. It is much cooler. But but for and again, this none of this matters. For some reason, I guess they wanted him to be axing <laughs> the guy's arm off. That doesn't matter. So, <laughs> and even this chain, which is pretty cool, he just kind of vaguely uses it in this movie. Like occasionally, he just stops. Yeah, no, he he switches back and forth. It's also small. That's part of the problem. The hook on the end is like the hook you would see like on the latch of a uh, like rock climbing equipment. It's really tiny, so it's not very imposing. Like I'm sure it would hurt fine, but like it's not like a giant hook. It's not the whatever the like a like a scythe or something from I know what you did last summer. <laughs> oh, better movie if Kane was wearing a rain slicker. <laughs> but it, but it's still the same size, so it only goes up to like it looks like a mini skirt. <laughs> so during this, we Margaret comes down and gives word to uh, Hannah and Frank that somebody's in the elevator. So Hannah's gonna go check on it. Right now, this movie picks up pace. Now that we've started to get Kane back into it, we're just gonna start offing people here. Oh, it's quick. Um, it doesn't really feel like it goes any faster, but they start piling bodies. Yeah, no, people die quick. The movie takes forever, but people die quickly. Hannah gets into this elevator. She heads up to the top floor to see what's going on. She's by herself, so that was a good idea. Um, <laughs> the door opens, and she's immediately bothered by CGI flies, which I guess Kane, a.k.a. Jacob Goodnight, has power over flies kind of in this movie. Yeah, the flies are the audience's cue that Kane is nearby. I don't know why, but that's what it is. She is standing in an elevator looking out the door. We've all been in elevators. It's one door directly in front of you. But somehow, she doesn't see Kane sneak into the elevator. Yeah. Well, the fly was distracting her. Yeah, that that would do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Kane then proceeds to, I don't know the best way to put it, is reverse choke slam her into the ceiling. Which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, he just, he just, yeah. I think that's a fair, <laughs> a fair description. <laughs> he just keeps slamming her head first in the ceiling. She's dead. Uh, he, he digs in there deep and really plucks her eyes out, too. Yeah, he's got, like, these grotesque fingernails that he uses to, to scoop them out. There's a lot of eyeball scooping. That is the bulk of your violence in this movie. Yes. And then it cuts to him dropping these eyeballs into jars of formaldehyde. And all that does is remind me of the weird Good Brothers angle where they were collecting <laughs> New Day's balls in jars. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't think we'd ever reference that ever. <laughs> um, the uh, There's also this weird uh, subplot I was fascinated in where elevators don't close when Kane has a body near them. Did you pick up on this? Yes. When he dragged Richie into an elevator, it kept closing like on the, on his arm comically. And now with this uh, chaperone lady, it keeps closing on her head. It's like they thought this was going to be sort of Kane's uh, comedic gimmick. <laughs> it's very strange. Well, th- 
throughout this movie, I have this note even later on. Kane treats bodies like he's carrying luggage that's too heavy. Oh, because he's always banging in the door frames with (laughs) them or just like into the hallway walls. It's kind of fucking hilarious. It 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 really is. It's and and some like he drags girls by their heads and stuff. And some of it, I mean, obviously Kane is a is a giant human, so he could easily do this stuff, but. Some of it looks like it might hurt these people. He's working pretty yeah, no. stiff on them. <laughs> At one point, he's carrying Kira through a door and just hits her with the yeah. like into the door frame over his shoulder. Yeah. And that was definitely like a stunt person, at least. <laughs> it looked like it hurt. <laughs> so, spoiler there, but Kira was trying to get out of this hotel with the help of Christine. I hated, the, again, who cares? It's all horror movie nonsense. But I hated this, that she's trying to escape this impenetrable jail instead of just telling on this guy. I hated that. It's just, it's it's horror movie logic. I know, but I just, I couldn't stand it. So they're sneaking out of this place and she could have just went to him and be like, yeah, just, can you separate me from him? Like I, it drives me nuts. That stuff. Yeah. Can I go back? Can you just take me back? I'm sure the bus is outside still. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) So, they try and sneak Kira out through the kitchen, and she send, she goes in there by herself and proceeds to be the worst at sneaking ever. She is walking into every shelf of plates. She's falling over stuff. She's just trying to bang shit open. There is no sneaking going on right now. No. And then doesn't she fall like off the window without even yeah, any influence shit from Kane? through like a pile of like pots and pans. <laughs> Kane appears in the dumbwaiter that they would send food up and down from the kitchen in. It's kind of silly. It's yeah. evidently also big enough for him. Yeah, get the fuck. Those things are designed to hold like like three towels and a stack of plates. And they got you got a fucking, you know, 611 monster scrunched into there. Yeah, right. So Kane, he puts a hook through Kira, drags her away. Um, he does this, but also it is seen by Frank, Christine, and that bitch Margaret. <laughs> So they all know that something's wrong in this hotel now. Yes, correct. And they run up the elevator, uh, Frank and Christine. Margaret stays behind. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> they Frank and Christine then run into Ty, to which Ty says he saw a giant bald guy with a hole in his head, and Frank immediately knows who he's talking about. <laughs> yep. It, oh, no, it can't be. <laughs> What? How? And also, that just asks the question, Kane has been alive now for four years with a hole in his head? Yeah, it's, this hole is, I have questions later about this hole as well, but I, yeah, I don't get, yeah. Ty also very calm, his 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 tag team partner was, was brutally <laughs> murdered, and he's, he's pretty chill about it. Rest assured, when this happens to us, I will be distraught after I've seen you dragged into an elevator by a giant with a hole in his head. Yes, and I would if, it, if it's reversed, um, I will be leaving immediately and probably would have pushed you towards him. <laughs> and I would respect that. I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> so here Frank gives the background of uh, his history, his losing his arm at the hands of the unnamed Jacob Goodnight. <laughs> also, this is he's our hero, clearly, Frank, because yes. he's been in this movie since the start. Right. He gives Christine a... Um, a zapper, uh, you know, a, a taser. Yep. And he goes off into the hallway with his gun so he could find Kira and save and, destre- and defeat Kane, a.k.a. Jacob Goodnight. 
He walks into the hallway, immediately catches a hook through the face and is killed. Yeah. Yeah. So all that stuff from four years ago, none of it mattered, only to vaguely explain why Kane has a thing for religious tattoos, which doesn't also doesn't matter. So none of this matters. All of this build up just for the basically the main character you thought just to eat shit immediately. <laughs> yeah, I um I was also disappointed because the the prosthetic arm they put on him is so bad that I was hoping to get to see it for the rest of the movie because it's clearly <laughs> just a glove. Like you can see the fingers moving on it. And I oh, yeah, just thought it was you can hilarious. See muscle definition. Yeah, it's so I was hoping to see that the rest of the movie. But no, this is this is where he exits the film. Yep, he dies. Christine gets his gun. Whatever. During this time, also now we got two people running around hiding. But the original four that went up to party in the penthouse, they're still partying because they don't know what's going on. Yep. Uh, luckily, Kane has made his way back up there to look through the one-way mirrors as they're partying. He has <laughs> Kira on the wall behind him. Melissa and Russell go off to a fool around somewhere because this is one of those movies. So if you didn't think that was going to happen, I, I evidently you've never seen a horror film before. <laughs> we also intercut now back to where Kira is being kept in a cage out of old shopping carts. Yeah. Kane is very handy in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, he is. Also here we find out Richie hasn't been killed yet. No reason why he hasn't been killed yet other than to just have Kane rip his eyes out in front of Kira, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know. Sometimes he lets... So we know why he's keeping Kira alive. It's because she has a cross tattoo. Which, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say, Kane. But I didn't understand why sometimes he would kill people immediately and other times he would let them live longer. It was just seemed random. Like, you know, pick pick a system, Kane. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really... He's an artist. You can't tell an artist what to do. He has to be in the moment. Feel it. <laughs> flow through it. <laughs> During here, also, Kane forces Kira to take a shower, which is really creepy. Yes, that is, that was creepy. And we just established that his mom used to make him, I guess, burn his eyes out for looking at sin, I guess, for tying the eye stuff all around. The, the, these flashbacks from his childhood do nothing to explain why he is the way he is. They're, they're just like random flashes of him in a cage with, uh, like, playboys. And that's... Yeah. I, I don't understand, because he... His murders are not indicative of, like, sin. I mean, I know he's killing juvenile delinquents, but why Richie? Richie wasn't, a, like, a sexual sinner, if that's his hang-up. It's just, like, random, so it doesn't tie into anything. No, and they're all, these flashbacks are, like, the black and white, just to make you know that it's a flashback, that real lazy fucking move. Yes. Uh, Melissa and Russell find a bed to start fooling around on, um, which oh, this, then this we is, find this is, is nuts. <laughs> this is nuts. This is nuts, man. This bed is wired through multiple walls, and I'm assuming levels of this hotel, to a wall full of bells in Kane's hideout. <laughs> so this guy had a lot of free time. <laughs> Kane has rigged an alarm to every bed in the hotel. <laughs> By, like, using yarn you would get at, like, <laughs> like Michael's or something. All these bells are numbered. It's insane. How would he? And, and we find out later it's not just the beds. He has, like, hallways wired. How would he do this? And why would he do this? How much time did it take for him to run these fucking wires through this hotel? I mean, he's got... Four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, less than four years, I guess. <laughs> but he's... It's 
it's remarkable that he has <laughs> nookie alarms on the beds. It's it's, it's actually <laughs> ridiculous. And this bell, it is ringing a lot. So yeah. Melissa and Russell are going to town. <laughs> but they're really not. They're just kissing. They're not. They, they, they're yeah. just kissing. Because when you it. cut back, they're just still all fully clothed. Yeah, they're just kissing. <laughs> there is the most this is the most aggressive dry humping going on on this bed because this bell is going nuts. And of course that gets Kane all worked up. He uh, arrives in that room where they are and appears through the backlighting of the two-way mirror like very dramatically. Yeah. So I I don't I don't that two-way that mirror in that room didn't even appear to be connected to the wall. So I don't know how it's a two-way mirror. Didn't it look like it was just a freestanding, like, vanity mirror? Yeah, it looked like a vanity mirror. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> but Kane's somehow, he's rigged it two-way. <laughs> oh, God. So there's a, one of your pointless horror movie runaway scenes. They run away. They're getting chased. They go into a closet. Uh, the window's open. Russell decides to lower Melissa with a fire hose from this window that they're up about, I don't know, 12 stories. The idea that the penthouse of this floor, like, playing, none of this <laughs> makes sense in the size of this hotel. No, this is uh, this is what we in the film industry call the diehard escape because <laughs> they're going to wrap a fire hose around themselves and jump from a high point. That's uh, that's full Willis right there. It's full Willis. You've gone full Willis. <laughs> so Russell starts lowering her out of this window down to the atrium with the fire hose. Russell disappears. So, you know what happened? Russell was killed and now Kane has control of the fire hose and starts bringing her back up. Yeah. He gets her up there. She kind of slips and he gets this idea and then proceeds to stare into the camera and smile like it's a <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> well, this is what I'm talking about. It, like, is, is this a compulsion to murder sinners? Because right now he seems to be enjoying it. Like he's into like, I'm going to do a really weird thing to this person. He's into it now. Well, I mean, I think if he had any idea what was about to happen... That's why he was smiling, because this might be one of my favorite deaths I've seen in this movie. <laughs> it's so crazy. He proceeds to drop Melissa, who this film had established as the good girl, but not earlier, who loved animals. Yeah. He drops her, and she manages to fall stories through a glass ceiling that cuts open her arm really bad. Yeah. But she's stuck f hanging from like her feet to her head above the ground, bleeding out. And a stray dog comes in that earlier she tried to feed, who then proceeds to start drinking her blood from the pool. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, God. And then starts barking, and a swarm of dogs arrive and eat her. Yes. What the fuck? That is accurate. This is obviously a middle finger to vegetarians. That's what this is. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> And people that care about animals' rights and things. This was a real just Greg Dark. He had something yeah. to say. He 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 has a perspective, and you are about to experience it. <laughs> so we got two more deaths. He's still collecting eyeballs here. Um, we get back to Zoe and Michael, who are still farting around up in the penthouse. Um, <laughs> we got another running away scene here. He kills Zoe by forcing her cell phone into her throat. It's one of those things. So he he's he catches her. She's she's definitely gonna die. And now it's like one of those things where he looks at the phone that's ringing and he's thinking to himself, I need to punish her for having a phone. 
Right? Like, that's why he does it. Like, oh, this this is the thing. This is the reason she's a sinner or something. I don't know. And he jams it down her throat. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. And it's a big phone, too. It's one of those, uh, like, old Nokia phones. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was, she's going to die. He could have put it down her throat. He could have caved her head in with it. Those phones, <laughs> they were like bricks. <laughs> um, also during this, you know, Michael, definitely the worst guy in this entire group, has he would have died, right, during all this so far? He's dead, right? Uh, you would think so, yeah. Okay, I'm just checking because there's no way that guy's going to survive through this movie. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> so Ty and Christine are still walking around this place because they're trying to find Kira and save her. And um, they find her in Kane's secret hiding area. We also established that the money was real from earlier in the safe. It doesn't matter because Kane has it all stapled around his room because I guess money is a sin too we're going with. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I, I wish I was explaining this better for you listeners, but there's nothing to explain in this movie. No, it's just it's just, it's just hotel room, chase, hotel room, chase, dead people. That's it. <laughs> Did you skip my favorite part of the movie? Or, or are you getting there? Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is what I'm about to discuss, but it might be. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, then. So, Kane returns back. Ty and Christine go to hide because they can't free Kira right away. And... Kane then proceeds to just crouch down, look into this cage at, at Kira, and start grinding his penis with his hand over his pants. Yep. So that's something I'll never be able to unsee. <laughs> so I want to thank you for, for, for making me experience this. Of everything that's in this movie that happens, this is hands down the most disturbing thing you will see. And this man won office eventually. Just remember that, people. <laughs> Kane is just grinding the front of his pants while staring at Kira. And they cut back to him as a child, also rubbing his crotch. Yeah, it's... I don't... Ugh. It was so, so gross. <laughs> just so gr- I don't know how else to say it. It was just so gross. Like, <sighs> show me, show me eyes getting pulled out all day. Do not show me this. No one needs that. I, I long for the days when he was sort of a, you know, a mild-mannered police chief with a small desk and countdown. So anyway, Ty goes to distract Kane by smashing his eye jars, which, fine. <laughs> that's, that's something I said. <laughs> so Kane catches up with Ty. He has the taser. He tasers Ty to death and crushes him with the safe. Okay, sure. Ty's dead. Yeah. More dead people. Margaret arrives now into the room where Kyra or Kira, I've said it different every time probably on this show, <laughs> yes, is in the have. cage. <laughs> and guess what, guys? Margaret, the old lady? It's Jacob Goodnight's mom. What? <gasps> oh, man. <laughs> we find out that this was a trap. Yeah, I mean, all it does is raise a thousand more questions that... Whatever, but fine. Yeah, we she, she set this as a trap to get Frank, our one-armed police officer, into this hotel. So many things had to have gone right for this to work out. None of this makes sense. No. I mean, how did how did they get ownership of this hotel? She This is a revenge plot from four years ago. Just Google him and go to his house and kill him. It's just all of this is so stupid. You would have to hope that no one backgrounds checks anything, which clearly they didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that part, she, she got right, actually. So. 
Uh, so here we learn that Margaret has raised Jacob, a.k.a. Cain, even though she still hasn't said his name. His name is not said. No, which not even in the flashbacks, which is no. crazy. <laughs> not even one time did anyone just say Jacob. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it really is. We learn that she has raised him to be the hand of God, and they are wiping sin from the earth. What the fuck? <laughs> also, that Margaret is the originator of the eye fetish stuff, because... Evidently, at one point, Jacob bought home a woman when he was younger. Yeah, that I didn't understand. I didn't understand that either. Yeah, there was a weird flashback where there's a woman strapped up in his bed, and she shows up and rips her eyes out. It does. uh, Yeah, I whatever. I mean, I could try and explain it, but I don't know. It was just a flashback with a tied up woman. I don't. I don't know the circumstances leading to that. Margaret's trying to get Kane to kill Kira. Uh, Kane refuses, and actually, we get a. Would this be considered a face turn? Uh, No, he sort of goes to it. It's a tweener. Oh, he's going tweener here? Okay. Yeah. Jacob, a.k.a. Kane, picks up his mother and then throws her against a bunch of... uh, a giant nail that's hanging out of the wall and kills her. Yeah, right through the eye. Yep, right through the eye, of course. He then takes Kira and runs away with her. Christine's still here. She's been hiding this entire time. Christine's pretty useful. (laughs) Useless, I mean. She's doing a lot of hiding and not helping. But... Since she's the one that's been trying to help Kira this entire movie, she's definitely our hero, and she would definitely be responsible for stopping Kane and his reign of terror. That's definitely going to happen. Oh, 100%, yes. So we go into a room. Kane is stroking Kira. He's in a, 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 like a trance. Christine comes in, puts a gun to his head, pulls the trigger, but it's empty. But this wakes God. him up, and he proceeds to choke them both. He's just got him in yep. a double choke. Double choke slam upcoming. Here we go. I was about to pop for it. (laughs) Michael's back, everybody. The piece Uh. of shit, drug dealer, woman abuser, basically, I'm pretty sure it's implied rapist as well, has now returned to this movie, and he starts beating Kane's ass. Yep. He's got his pipe with him, of course, his trusty pipe that he's been carrying around this entire goddamn (laughs) movie. This fucking pipe. (laughs) And during this fight, he plunges it into Kane's head. So this full-on pipe goes in Kane's head, and maggots and bugs pour out of it. Kane's head is full of bugs. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that. I don't think that. I don't think that's possible. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. No, I don't know. No, it's not possible. This... <laughs> He's basically uh, Oogie Boogie from Nightmare yes. Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled a string, and just all of these maggots and things <laughs> fell out of Kane. <laughs> So now that he's shocked by having a pipe stuck in the back of his head, he's still up, of course, the three of them overpower him, push him out of a window where he then proceeds to fall about 12 stories, hitting the pipe on every ledge that they go by over and over again. It goes, dong, 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 dong. He hits the glass roof from earlier that we saw, goes through that, gets covered in glass, the ground pushes the pipe all the way out of his head. Yep. And all of this debris falls on him and pales him. Correct. Just so everyone knows there's a sequel to this movie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this fall also had the uh, the great early 2000s bad body CGI, where you can clearly tell when they switch from Kane, an actor falling, to like... <laughs> cartoony CGI bouncing <laughs> off walls and stuff. Yeah, it does. It, it looks like it's floating above the background. It's, yeah. looks awful. <laughs> and uh, 
guess what? Jacob Goodnight's dead. Christine, Kira, and fucking Michael get the keys to the hotel and escape. Yep, there's your hero, everyone. And he they they even give him a fucking tag at the end that's like supposed to be an yeah. adorable like out joke. Yep, he's 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 vulnerable at the end. This is a fucking insane choice for this movie to make. Well, I I mean I I think director Gregory Dark is making a statement about who he wants his hero to be. <laughs> oh god. Like the end of this movie actually makes you feel dirty. It I mean, well, the the whole movie made me feel dirty, but but Kramer, we're not done yet because there's a mid credit scene. I did not see this mid credit scene, so you're going to have to tell me about this. You didn't watch the mid credit scene? I didn't think this movie had the balls to do a mid credit scene. Okay, so the mid credit scene, Sam Jackson comes out. Oh, fuck you. Wakes up Jacob <laughs> Goodnight <laughs> and recruits him. No, no, no. There is a mid credit scene. So, about, I don't know, again, as listeners know, I watch the credits of these movies. Kramer, of course, immediately just shuts it off and cries himself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the credits of these movies, and after the, I don't know, two first two minutes of the credits where they run through the cast, it shows Jacob Goodnight's body laying there, still not moving, and one of the stray dogs from earlier that killed the woman walks over, sniffs Kane's body, and then pees directly in the cavity where his eye used to be. No, it didn't. That didn't yeah. happen. No, that didn't happen. You're making that up. That's why I didn't I'm see not, it, because there's no way that I'm, happened. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That 100% happened. That, that Why would that be? Why? Why was that necessary? I uh, uh, Legitimately, I don't know. And then what it did is it made me think that then we were going to get an end credit scene where something else, like Kane wakes up, but he doesn't even wake up. He's just peed on. <laughs> no, he just gets pissed on. No, that's how he would have obtained his dog powers for the sequel. It's very Catwoman-esque. <laughs> See no evil too. <laughs> Bark no evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lame joke, but I liked it. Ignorance is bliss. Alrighty, so for today's Ignorance is Bliss, uh, we we asked a bunch of people what they thought See No Evil was about, but we didn't tell them anything about it other than the title and that it starred professional wrestler Kane. Uh, we also didn't tell them that Kane is now an elected uh, official. <laughs> which probably would have made the uh, responses more <laughs> more interesting. But so our first one, we get a lot of uh, responses to the I, I it's a strange thing. But a lot of these WWE Studios films have similar titles to other movies. It's just we I don't know why it's just this weird thing. It was inside out. So for See No Evil, we got from Mike from Florida. He wrote in to say, isn't that the movie with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? Is this the same movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's not, but as a kid, I love that movie. That movie's called See No Evil, Hear No Evil. I don't know if it's a good movie, but as a kid, I loved it because, you know, one of them is blind, one of them is, is deaf, and they basically go on like a, a caper together. So I always liked that movie. And uh, our, our last entry for Ignorance is Bliss is from uh, Anne-Marie from New York, who wrote in, uh, she she took a, a, a serious swing at what this movie could be about. She writes, You won't want to be anything but an angel after watching See No Evil. Kane portrays Luther, a wrestler who sadly had his eyes gouged out during a match. And now he's out for revenge. Anyone who gets in his way will face his wrath. I, I think what's most funny about that is that a lot of people, a lot of these entries we get, they start from a position 
where the professional wrestler in the movie is playing a professional wrestler. <laughs> it's like they can't detach themselves, so they always have to try and tie it in to wrestling. <laughs> People give the wrestlers more credit for being in wrestler-based things instead of trying to not be in wrestler-based things. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just like, <laughs> like, so obviously this, I mean, she's close about the eye gouging out and stuff, so that's good, right. but it's just funny, like, oh, of course he plays a professional wrestler, what else would he play? Yeah. <laughs> and she's close, too, because, you know, there is a Luther in uh, in AEW. Oh, that's true, that's true. So we're he's, getting he's sort there. Of, yeah, he's not not quite cane-shaped, but yes. No, he's, he's, he's the number one nepotism hire in the history of uh, professional wrestling, it's very great. <laughs> well... Now that ignorance is bliss is over, the only place we can go, it's the three count. <laughs> so, Sacco, is this a wrestling movie? So I am going to say yes, but I'm going to qualify it. There is no wrestling in this movie at all, but this is the first WWE Studios film. So I, I have to say that the entire point of this movie was to sort of connect this is what this podcast is about connect the worlds of pro wrestling and movies we didn't talk about the ridiculous orchestra for the WWE Studios logo that oh that thing like i goddamn that thing <laughs> yeah we've heard it before but this one felt different because it was the first one but yeah i'm going to the movie is not a wrestling movie but i'm going to say the point of the movie was to be a wrestling movie there you go i can understand what you're saying um, I said it is not a wrestling movie, but <laughs> it's the Kane origin movie because he basically is just playing Kane from this time period. He's just, if you would have just called him Kane and made this like his origin movie, you would have had the first like cinematic match basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been more interesting. I, I mean, I guess, I guess they could, they did comic books that were basically this movie, but they made it like sort of kayfabe. Oh, I'm sorry. The Undertaker comics and everything. There is literally a novel about the fictitious history that WWE put out for Kane's backstory. Right. And and that would have been a more interesting movie, 100%. So I don't know why they didn't just do that. It probably would have done better. It may not have been better, but it probably would have done better. So. So then what if what if I ask you, is this a good movie? I so when you picked this, I had never seen this movie as as with most of these movies. I obviously knew about it and I was hopeful that this would be you know a sort of light Friday their 13th slasher movie but it is so boring and uninteresting you know those slasher movies that we grew up loving what's great about them is that the kills are always like wild and different you know there there's some decent scares this movie has none of that every kill is identical all the gore is basically the same except for the dog one it, it's just, no, it's not a good movie. It's very disappointing. No, I agree. It's not a good movie. I hate this period of horror movies, especially the slasher movies at this time. Oh, yeah. Because this Agreed. was all those remakes that came out in the 2000s all had this same feel to it. Like yeah. uh, the Chainsaw remakes, The Hills Have Eyes, Friday the 13th reboot. It's all dark gray colors. It's muted. The violence is supposed to be extreme. But yeah. it all looks bad because it's all weird CGI half the time. Yes, agreed. Yeah, they, um, they were all like that in this time. Yeah, it, all it this terrible. time period, these are the same movies. And the soundtrack is always the most dated fart, like rap metal type shit. <laughs> yes, it is. That's true. We didn't talk about that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and like weird. It's just these movies are never good. I never like these movies. I get mad when I'll see on like the TV guide on the TV that it'll say Halloween is on, and then I turn it on and it's that fucking Rob Zombie Halloween. <laughs> I hate yeah, this that's... period of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. So then, where on the card are you putting this film? I mean, it's a really bad movie, but it's also short. It is boring, but it's also short. It has a very streamlined logic to it. I mean, yeah, it's dumb, but like you don't have to hurt your head trying to understand it. Like, I don't know, cosmic sin. (laughs) And it also doesn't give you the middle finger at the end. Like, I don't know, interrogation. (laughs) So I'm going to put it in the opener. It's, you know, whatever. It's It's a good warm up for better movies to come. You know what? I actually agreed with you on this one. I had it as an opener as well. I thought it was, it's the get the crowd hot for what would eventually come. Um, spoiler, none of it's ever going to be good, though. But this is when we were more <laughs> excited. We had we had a little glimmer in our eye that maybe maybe some of these WWE films are going to be something. Well, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to go back. and I mean, like, I mean, look at something like Body Slam. I had Body Slam as a jobber when we did that. <laughs> and just from a production level... I have to revisit that because that at least looks like a professionally made movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn. Well, you know, not to spoil anything for my co-host or the listeners, but just remember there's a see no evil too. Yeah. Well, we'll have to maybe get renewed for another season before we can even discuss that possibility. (laughs) Now it's the only way we can end this show really properly. It's for everyone's favorite segment, the swerve. This is the swerve. So for this week's swerve, we're going to focus on the most important person that worked on See No Evil. And that is Gregory Dark. (laughs) God, I knew this was coming. (laughs) So I'm calling this game the dark side of the Mark cast. Oh, God. I'm so good at these names. I have have to register so many trademarks that are never going to go anywhere. (laughs) So I will give you the name of something that is either a work by the great Gregory Dark or it's the name of an independent professional wrestling event. Oh, boy. This could get really gross really quick. Sure could. (laughs) So you're going to have to tell me, is it wrestling or is it dark? (laughs) Oh, it's so random. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Number one, is your body ready? <laughs> it's funny. Oh, man, I'm just going to be flipping a coin here. Um, I'm going to go with uh, that's that's got to be a GCW show, right? No, it's not. It is wrestling, though. It is a PWG <laughs> event from 2013. Oh, okay. The main event was the Young Bucks versus A.R. Fox and Kalisto. Oh, wow. <laughs> A.K.A. Samurai Del Sol at the time. <sighs> the Curse of Gorilla Island. <laughs> he's, he's great. Uh, well, that has to be a PWG show, right? <laughs> it is. I kind of gave you that one. Yeah. It is a PWG <laughs> show from 2010. Uh, it featured Candice LeRae, Brandon Cutler, Chuck Taylor, Ricochet, Cesaro, and someone named El Generico, who last I heard was running an orphanage in Mexico. 
2010 that's from? Yep. Wow. You forget how long some of these people, but Ricochet was there in 20, the Candice LeRae. Wow. Yeah. Hooter mania. <laughs> now, this, now this could go either way because you got mania, <laughs> but I'm going to take a stab and say that the Hooter portion pushes it towards uh, the dark verse. Correct. It is dark from 1994 <laughs> starring Danielle Cheeks. And Jack Armstrong as Dogman. <laughs> what? Oh, man. That's wild. Next. <laughs> you ready for this one? Yeah. One Step Closer. Um, One Step Closer. It's the name of a Linkin Park song, so I, I got that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab here and say it's dark. It is dark. Ooh. From 2000... And it's a music video for Linkin Park. Oh, really? Oh, huge. See? See, you don't know what's in my head that's rattling around. <laughs> he directed a Linkin Park video? Sure did. Oh, jeez. That's great. Now, see, now you don't know what's going to happen going forward. I got yeah, a few more better, to go, and you don't know you better what's going to happen. better make sure it's not any uh, early 2000s rock videos again, though. <laughs> Next up, Animal Instincts. Oh, this could go either way. Um, I'm going to go dark. You're correct. You're doing very good at this. Dark from 1992, starring Shannon Wherry, Jan Michael Vincent, David Carradine, and John Saxon. Wow, those are actual people. Yep, sure are. <laughs> huh. Wow, so he's been making movies a long time then. A lot of these are in the early 90s. It's, they sure are. He kind of disappeared soon after, like, See No Evil. He only had, like, a few more years after that. Oh, wow. We're having such fun with this game. We're going to keep it going for quite a few more. Because <laughs> I love the names. <laughs> Next up, it's Graduation. Uh, so this is definitely the music video for the Vitamin C song. So it's dark. You are correct 100%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> 100% correct. <laughs> See, <laughs> when you opened the door on that Linkin Park thing, and now I know he does music videos <laughs> in that time frame. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I Actually, I think I have to retire from all swerves going forward after that. <laughs> that was your, you called it. You know, that, was your, that, was your, that was your Ruth moment. You called your shot. Next up. It's all new. Wait, wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. Can, can we talk about how he, this guy directed the <laughs> pop song Graduation by Vitamin C? Yes. And Hootermania. <laughs> that was the prom song at a prom <laughs> I went to. <laughs> oh, Hollywood geez. is disgusting. Next up, it's all nude review. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to swerve you. I'm going to say this is a wrestling show. You are killing it, my brother. Yeah. 2005 PWG featuring Frankie Kazarian, Roderick Strong, and Samoa Joe. Ooh, good. Samoa Joe in a nude review. I don't know about that. <laughs> An inch longer than average. <laughs> See, that's that's a little too on the nose. So that's that's definitely an indie wrestling show. It is. You are so yeah. good at this. I'm proud yeah, of you. They, they, well, because 
Well, because they get silly, so. <laughs> All right. Wherever you will go. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, the song? <laughs> By like, uh, oh, now I'm not going to be able to come up with the band. Wherever you will go. Isn't that the song by... um. Damn, I'm not gonna be able to pull it. Like the uh, the falling or something. I'm it's dark. You, I am giving you full credit for that because it is dark. 2001. The music video by the band The Calling. The Calling. Ah, oh, that pisses me off. <laughs> that was on the Adult 40 top hits. <laughs> oh man. And finally, <laughs> nice boys don't play rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's PWG. That is. There you go. That is our most recent in terms of this game PWG event from 2017 that featured Keith Lee, Sammy Callahan, Leo Rush, Matt Riddle, Cameron Grimes, Isaiah Scott, The Best Friends, Penta, Phoenix, Matt Seidel, Ricochet, and The Young Bucks. Wow. That's, that's basically every pay-per-view you watch now. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's it for Dark Side of the Mark cast. Uh, you definitely won, so I'm proud of you. You destroyed this. Yeah, you you made a big mistake going into music videos. I know you. The two things you're not good at naming is music videos and things you believe are softcore pornography. Hey, you know what? You got to be proud of what you're good at. So with that being said, I think we've done the job for See No Evil. Starring Kane. But if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I hear the doorbell. And I think there's some trick-or-treaters at the door. <laughs> Sacco, why don't you go answer that and see if they brought us a new movie. They did, and they are once again looking for a Halloween treat. So I'm going to give it to them. And as listeners know, I always try and divulge a little bit about Kramer's life, history, and interests when I pick my movies. Uh, he spoiled this one already because his swerve tied into his love of independent wrestling. It's one of his favorite things. He watches all the shows. He goes to many of them in uh, <laughs> broken-down hotels in New Jersey. So our next film is a Halloween independent film, and it stars a litany of professional wrestlers, such as oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, yes. Shane Douglas. Yes. Kurt Angle. Matt Hardy. Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> and Rebby Sky. Oh, yes. We are watching Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies in our next episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am excited for that. I am the embodiment of that Vince meme where he's slowly looking more orgasmic as things are being named. <laughs> oh, I've known about this. I've never seen this. I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what we're in for, but I'm excited. Um, until then, you can like, rate, review our show wherever you're listening to this now. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks or on Twitter at movie underscore marks. If you have suggestions for movies we should cover or comments or you want to contribute to Ignorance is Bliss for pro wrestlers versus zombies, the, uh, the title, <laughs> this one is pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, I'm looking forward to your father's response. <laughs> he'll, he'll think it's some kind of spy thriller or something. <laughs> um, 
You can email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com. And of course, we're still actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind. If Greg Dark wants to come direct the Movie Marks music video, you know what? I'm on board. Now that I know his, uh, his body of work, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for us here. Until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. He took Richie. Calm down. He took Richie. What this guy look like? Man, he's huge, man. He has a long, long chain and a damn hole in his head. What? What? All right. It can't be him. I shot him in the head. I see it. <laughs>